Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Clint Sterner is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai of Conway. Sterner throws, caught. Emmanuel Cook with the tackle. Touchdown, Arkansas! Visit them in Conway today or check out ChrisCraneHyundai.com. Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. To a oh. wide open receiver, it's Cobb towards the end zone. Touchdown! Let's bring him in. Clint Sterner on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. How you doing, Clint? Man, I'm doing well, fellas. I'm doing well. How about yourself? It's going to be a great weekend. We were just talking about that. I mean, we got high school football, college basketball tonight, college football Saturday, NFL Sunday, big Monday night football game. So, man, I'm excited. It's a, it's a great sports weekend. Wes, who's, who's dominating down there in that high school game, man? Who's, who's doing big big things down there? Any new any new, uh, new faces? I tell you what, uh, Fayetteville's getting a lot of attention. You got the uh, Lindsey uh, kid at quarterback. He is uh, committed to Minnesota. Uh, they're rolling in the seven A West, but here in Central Arkansas, it is it's Bryant, it's mm-hmm. Conway with Buck James up there. I, I tell you who's rolling is Parkview in five A. They yes. if they lose in the playoffs, it'll be a major upset. They are very very talented. Greenwood. Greenwood in six A, but they're going to have yeah. a battle with Little Rock Christian or, yeah. or Benton uh, coming up. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's some. I, here's hey, real quick uh, tonight in four A. You've got a rematch of last year's state championship game, Harding Academy and Malvern. That's brutal, and that's going to be a fantastic game. Clint, uh, one of Arkansas's future quarterbacks, Grayson Wilson at Central Arkansas yeah. Christian. They're having a renaissance year and. Uh, folks are excited up on the hill about what he might be able to do in a few years. Very athletic, yeah, big kid too. Yeah, I hadn't had a chance. I hadn't had a chance to see him play. Obviously, on social media, you know, you see the highlights and and, and the hype around all the different players. But uh, yeah, man, I know they're pretty excited about him. It, it, look, it, it, it's a a big key to to, to what happens at Arkansas. Ultimately, um, you know, leans heavily into what the state produces. I mean, whether you're talking about the mm-hmm. McFadden years, or you're talking about the Mallet years, you know those ga- those guys dominate the headlines. But if you look at at the roster and you look at the players that that uh, were were big contributors on those particular teams, man, uh, the state the state was just producing some absolute monsters in in, in those particular eras. So. Um, man, if the state could do that, it would help them up on the heel. That's for sure. Yes, sir. Cliff, I was driving in. And I heard on the radio that uh, there. This. You know how it is. Uh, whispers. People are talking in college f- football that uh, USC's football coach may be ready to move and may be looking at Texas A and M. Ooh, that'd be interesting, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I, it, w- it wouldn't shock. It would not shock me. I, I think you know when you he goes from OU, where it's very similar to the Texas is that Texas A and M's the. The Alabamas, the, the you know the, the the teams where really if you're a head coach you just want for nothing. I mean you've got budgets, you're ahead of the game in NIL. The transfer portal is 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 your playground. Um, I mean you, you just your school recruits itself. Uh, the the state supports the school. Uh, it wouldn't shock me one bit if Lincoln Riley didn't get out there. All that glitz and glamour um, probably wore on him and his family. It is a completely different dynamic out there. And once Caleb Williams is done, which is this year, 
um, you know, I, I think I think reality is going to set in, and and it is a different monster out there on the West Coast. It's fixing to become an even big and bigger monster with all the travel that's going to be associated with USC now, um, with with their move. And so it wouldn't shock me one bit mm. if Lincoln Riley didn't say, you know, one of those one of those big boys in the top ten or top fifteen comes up open, which I think A and M is one of those jobs you want for nothing there. Um, it wouldn't shock me one bit if Lincoln Riley didn't throw his name in the hat ASAP. Clint, I want to talk some NFL with you. Uh, did you watch the game last night, Bengals? I watched uh, up to halftime. When Joe Burrow got hurt, I was uh, I was I was pretty much out on that. All right, you're a quarterback. Watched, you've thrown a good chunk of it. You've thrown a lot of footballs. What's what's he experiencing? What was what was that injury? I've never seen anything like that, guys. I mean, now I don't know if you saw, but they they somebody highlighted which in, in this world of in, investigative discovery. You know, they highlighted him getting off the plane with that with that wrist uh, yeah. with that wrist uh, brace on, which now they're being investigated for, you know, breaking the the injury report rules for lack of better terms in the <laughs> NFL. Um, but yeah, I, I've never I've never seen anything like that, Wes. Now I know when you talk about one thing that doesn't, you know, in the quarterback arena probably doesn't get talked about enough is is those top end quarterbacks when you watch a kid throw the football and you're, you're trying to decide whether he's a quarterback or not or you watch the guys that have just become great and they're elite passers of the football the snap of the wrist is a very dominant powerful part of their throw and the scary thing about what we watched with joe burrow is like it didn't appear to be like oh man i've, I've strained something you know i can fight through it or let's shoot it up and i can move on uh-huh. it looked like like he looked like it quit working yeah you know, mm. it, it looked like that part of his throwing motion just wouldn't trigger and quit working, and so you worry about him having having snapped something or or, or you know rub, you know tore something mm-hmm. in that wrist that's not allowing that that part of the action to fire. So um, definitely scary times with with uh, with Joe Burrow, man. You hate to see that. You're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks, a, a guy that can take the take an organization to a whole another level, which he's done in Cincinnati. You hate to lose him in the AFC after losing Aaron Rodgers and uh, Josh Allen's not playing as well as everybody expected him to. Truth be told, Pat Mahomes is not playing as well as uh, as we we've grown accustomed to. So the the, the quarterback play overall suffering, and and uh, Joe Burrow's injury doesn't help him. You know who's playing well? Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last, the last four games, the last four or five games, man, he's he's played he's played really well, and and, and West. The more convincing thing to me, and, and you watch him closer than I do. I spend a lot of my time covering the Texans. But the more convincing thing with with Dak is is it's a it's a different uh, it's a different looking offense. It's a different uh, it's yep. a different quarterback. It's it's a different approach to the game. It's a it's a, for me personally, it's a much more believable, convincing quarterback product. Uh, an overall offensive product for the Cowboys at this point. Yeah, Kevin, I'll, I'll give Coach McCarthy credit because Kevin Kelly and I were talking about this. Remember last in the offseason, he gets rid of uh, Kellen Moore, and he's like, we're going to run the ball. We're committed to running the ball. Well, they were committed to running ball, and it wasn't working early on, and they didn't have the line for it. They didn't have the running. It just was not working. And all of a sudden, they started opening it up and letting Dak be Dak, and Dak's throwing it around. Dak's running around a little bit. Now they're able to run the ball a little bit because they're throwing it so much. Teams are backing off, and the offense is, is has opened up. So I give him credit for not being stubborn and, and changing things when he saw, you know what, this isn't going to work. 
Yeah, well, you know, the, the crazy thing is a very similar thing went on in Houston from jump. They just adjusted, I think, a little bit quicker than they did in Dallas, to be honest with you, with the, the thought of, you know, defensive-minded head coach and D'Amico Rhines, and we're going to be a run-first football team, and we're going to dominate the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and we're going to establish the run. And, you know, they, they went into into the season and, and tried that for about three or four weeks, and it just clearly – uh, you know, I, I watched their tape. They're all 22 every week multiple times, and it was clear. It wasn't just one guy. Their offensive line just wasn't getting it done, and and they've got a lot of money invested in their offensive line. Their quarterback was throwing it around the park a little bit better, and so they became a throw the football to run it, and and it looked like last week things kind of came together for the Texans. But that's, to me, that's that's really – when you got a guy that you can lean into, um, it, it's, it's a fine line to walk when you talk about being aggressive and being a throw-first football team is because you don't want to be so so heavy throw that you end up throwing the ball 50 times a game when you don't necessarily need to, and the game doesn't dictate that. And so um, there's nothing wrong with being a pass-first team. Pass pass the ball to set up the run as long as you end up having an effective run game. Doesn't have to be great. Doesn't have to be 150, 180 yards. I mean, you get 95, 115 yards worth of run, and it's effective at the right time. Then, then you're playing you're playing playoff caliber football. I got to give you a pat on the back. A couple of weeks ago, you were singing the praises of C.J. Stroud and said, "You know what? This kid's the real deal." And and uh, you you were just praising him. That day, somebody in my fantasy league offered me a trade for C.J. Stroud, and I took it. And he's been my starting quarterback the last three weeks, and I'm I'm rolling all of a sudden. And, and I, I got I thank you for doing it because I would have never taken that trade. But what you said, I was like, all right, I'm gonna roll with Clint and see what happens here. My man, I'll take 10% of the winnings at the end. Wes. <laughs> I mean, this, this dude is, I mean, it's it's from a distance, and we all do it, you know, especially in our businesses. You, you know, you're covering a lot of different teams, college and pro, and you don't get a really good chance to, to necessarily deep dive into into how they're, how they're having success. I obviously do that here with the Texans. And, I mean, it's just, I mean, him and Bobby Flo. Bobby Flo is the other guy, the offensive coordinator, came out of Kyle Shanahan's system. Um, you know, they're, they're, he, he's on a path very much like Mike McDaniel, which Mike McDaniel was an offensive coordinator for a year at San Francisco. I think he had that title under Kyle before he took the, the Miami Dolphins job. And now here Bobby Floyd kind of came up in that same in that same vein. And now he's getting his first shot at offensive coordinator um, under D'Amico Ryan. And, and he's just not going to be here long, boys. I mean, it, it's that impressive. Huh. I mean, because you look, you look at a guy that he, he's overcome like – unbelievable injuries at one point in time i averaged it out the five offensive linemen on average he had he was two and a half layers deep into the depth chart for about the for about four games this year and he was overcoming it and cj was blossoming and cj was developing and they couldn't run the ball at all until last week and he overcame that i mean he's had the most targeted wide receiver got injured about three weeks ago the leading wide receiver from yardage standpoint is big bodied wide receiver got hurt two weeks ago i mean they just keep no matter what happens, man, this Bobby Sloat guy and C.J. Stroud, they just keep they just keep throwing up huge numbers and giving the team a chance to win ballgames. Bobby Sloat should be on the short list, at least the interview list, of every college and pro football team uh, this hiring cycle. I don't know that he's going to get a job, but I, I would interview the hell out of him. And if I were a college team um, that, that would be willing to take a little bit of a gamble, I would interview him as well if he's interested in college football. So, uh, he's that good. Clint Sterner with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Clint, uh, we've avoided it long enough. We've got to talk about the FIU game a little bit. What do you yeah. want to see out of this team Saturday? Well, look, 
I'll be honest with you, there's not a whole lot left for me to see. I mean, I, they they should go out there, and, and, and as we've said many a time, this is a team that they should dominate from start to finish. Um, you know, it, it should be it should be in the bag in the fourth quarter. We should we should see um, uh, Chris Well in there getting a, a quite a bit of run in the fourth quarter. You know, under this offense and throwing the ball around the park a little bit. I mean, things of that nature. You know, but I mean, if we're if we're just talking about this game in a vacuum, forget everything else that's happened. You know, I want to see I want to see a team that appears to be prepared. I want to see a team that appears to be coached well. I want to see a quarterback that's engaged and 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 is pissed off and is frustrated and angry about how the season's gone and and he's going to take it out on on FIU um the defense the defense has got to get back to to playing the, the brand of ball that they played the majority of the year um you know last week was 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 not good obviously throughout for four quarters so I mean to, to start with just a team that's prepared a team that's coached well a team that's motivated and and a team that goes out there and starts fast you start fast you put a team like this in their place and and the rest is history you go out there and lollygag around like you did last week, um, then you're liable to get beat by FIU, and then all all mess is gonna hit the fan if that if that happens. But look, let's be honest, guys. You you got beat by Mississippi State's backup quarterback with a coach that got fired a week later. Um, you played awful football at home two two home games ago. Last week that was not a good Auburn football team. That was not a talented Auburn football team. Um, and and they that that's the worst beating I think I've ever seen at Arkansas to be honest. There were some that were more painful, obviously, but I don't know that I've ever seen an Arkansas team get beat 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 down that bad, uh, and and really <laughs> appear to care less and have fewer answers than that crew last week. So um, it's not out of it's not out of the possibility, right? It's not out of the realm of possibility that that the the, uh, the Hogs go out there and mess the bed, and this is a game in the fourth. Clint, I'll leave you with this. Bruce Feldman just tweeted this a minute ago when asked if Texas A&M reached out to uh, Dan Campbell. He said, quote, maybe. That's my alma mater. I want to do anything I can to help them but coach for them. You leave Dan Campbell alone. We need him in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, man, hey, he's, he's doing big things up there. But I, I, As I told you last time, Wes, Dan Campbell would be – I would. Dan would have to. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a complicated situation. It would be very easy. Hey, Dan, would you be interested in coaching at the college level and all the the, the, the responsibilities and the differences between college and pro? Would you be willing to embrace that the way you've embraced the NFL? And if he says no, you move on. If he says yes, say okay. Well, how much would it take you? And uh, we are definitely willing to wait until you either lose in the playoffs or win a Super Bowl, one of the two. Um, that would be my conversation with Dan. But but it, it, they definitely got to. They definitely got to flip that stone, guys. He, he has been too impressive mm-hmm. uh, in, in Detroit right now to, to pass on. Clint, thanks. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. All right, All right boys. Y'all be good, man. Thanks, Go Clint. On.